Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outbound Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outbound Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story for Super Show this week, ACCW presents the Level Up CAC at Level Up Games in Duluth, Georgia. This event revolved around a created competitor tournament and a number of featured matches. I'll go over the tournament first and then the featured matches afterwards. There were 49 players in the tournament. The opening portion of the tournament was six Swiss rounds. With 49 players, that means there was a bye in each round. No stipulations in these opening Swiss rounds. Afterwards, they cut to a top 16. There were, after the six Swiss rounds, six players with a record of 5-1, and one, 11 players with a record of 4-2. and two. No undefeated players. Now, if you add those up, that's 17 players. So, based on strength of schedule, the player that went 4-2, and two, that per challenge, which was the website they were using to run the tournament, the player that had the lowest Buckholtz score, that's what they used to determine strength of schedule on challenge, that player did not make the top cut. The remaining 16 went into the top cut. Four rounds in the top cut. The opening round of the top cut, the top 16 round, used the steel chain stipulation for all of those matches. The quarterfinal round used the steel cage stipulation. The semifinal round used the ring of fire stipulation. And the finals match was played using the main event stipulation. Your top four were in the first semifinal match, Bob Dunn playing as Big Bad Bobby D versus Ryan Pierce playing Snake Pit. And in the other semifinal match, John Polverino playing as MVP versus Keenan Meadows playing as Miss Fury. The winners of those semifinal matches were Ryan Pierce and John Polverino. So it was an all just business finals as the two faction mates square off in a main event stipulation match. This match ends up going all the way to crowd meter four. On the way to crowd meter four, John Polverino is the only player that hits a finish. And at crowd meter four, he hits a finish and he wins. John Polverino wins the Level Up CAC tournament. He has won the last two gone back-to-back in Atlanta for Creative Competitor Tournaments. Congratulations to John Polverino for that achievement. There have been a lot of players in Super Show that have won multiple Creative Competitor Tournaments, John Polverino being one of them. I don't think we've ever had a player go back-to-back, win the same tournament two years in a row. So congratulations to John Polverino for achieving that feat. That does it for the tournament. Let's talk about the featured matches. These will be as close to chronological order as possible. I may have a couple of these swapped around, but this is basically the matches as they happened throughout the day on November 4th. 
the opening featured match was for the GSCW Championship. This is for the promotion based out of Georgia State University. I hope I have that right. In this match, we saw challenger Drew Karnick playing as Shui take on champion college boy Adam Britt playing as the Grump. This was a relatively short match, not just a few turns, a little longer than that. It goes to crowd meter one. The winner at crowd meter one, new champion Drew Karnick. Congratulations to Drew for becoming the new GS. CW champion. The next featured match was for the ACCW Tag Team Championship. The challengers were the team known as ACCW Dark. And I hope I have this right. It was the team of Chip Allen playing as Sammy the Draw Callahan and John Hodges playing as Jessica Havoc. They took on champions, the protectors of the light. Brime Light playing as Mercenator and Titan playing as Merlin Von Berlin. This match, like the other, goes to Crowd Meter 1. The winners here, still champions, the Protectors of the Light. Congratulations to them on a successful defense. Those were the matches that took place before the tournament started. The next set of matches took place during the lunch break of the tournament after, I believe, the third or fourth round. I don't quite recall which one. I think it's round four. I could be wrong. The two matches there were first for the ACCW Tornado Tag Team Championship. The challenger, Practicite of the Line, playing as two dudes with Batitude. The champion, Downriver Drew, playing as the Young Bucks. This match goes to Crowd Meter 2. At Crowd Meter 2, the Young Bucks. Hit the finish. They roll their printed 20 with the crowd meter. It's not possible for Practicite to break out. So Downriver Drew successfully defends the Tornado Tag Team Championship. Congratulations to him. The other match played during the break was for the Deep South Tag Team Championship. The challengers, the team of BTS FTW, if you want to know what that stands for, Look that up yourself. I think I've said it on past episodes. I'm not going to say it here. This is the team coming out of the TVA representing the Constellation comprised of Simple Chuck playing as AJ Styles and Zach Ashley playing as Jay White. They take on champions, the Protectors of the Light. Brime Light playing as Sabu. Titan playing as RVD. In Deep South Tag Team Matches, both competitors, not the players, the competitors they're using have to be part of a tag team. For the champions, it's an ECW original tag team. For the challengers, it's the Bullet Club from New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is a long, hard-fought championship match. It ends up going to Crowd Meter 4. At Crowd Meter 4, the winners and new champions. BTS FTW. They are now the Deep South Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to them for their win, for bringing a belt home to their faction, the Constellation. Those were the two matches that took place during the break. 
The final four featured matches at ACCW Presents the Level Up CAC took place either at the end of the tournament or, if possible, once the competitors involved in the featured matches were eliminated from the tournament. I'll give these to you in no particular order. I'll start with the ACCW Underworld Championship. This was a no disqualification stipulation match. The challenger, customer service Drin, playing as the new version of Brian Cage. The champion, Mr. Pollywood, the LFF chiropractor, playing as the Phoenix EV Fresh. This was a relatively short match, only a few turns. I think the challenger only won two turns, only played one card. And in a match like that, it's pretty obvious that the champion hits the finish, rolls his printed 10, and the challenger was unable to break out. So at crowd meter zero, Mr. Pollywood successfully defends the ACCW Underworld Championship. Congratulations to Mr. Pollywood for that defense. Then we have the ACCW World Heavyweight Championship. The challenger, Brimelight, playing as Alton Black. The champion, Johnny Correa, playing as the magnificent Mr. Ray. This is another short match, only goes to crowd meter zero. The winner at crowd meter zero, still champion, Johnny Correa. Congratulations to Johnny Correa for the win. Then we have the ACCW Hardcore Championship. This is a TLC match featuring Piglet as the challenger, playing as himself. Versus everyone's enemy, Joel Williams, the champion, playing as the heathen, Cruel. This was a TLC match. TLC matches going from memory. Start at level one. Level one is the crowd meter zero in a TLC match. And the match doesn't go past level one. The winner, still champion, everyone's enemy, Joel Williams. Congratulations to Joel Williams for a successful defense. This brings us to the Final featured match of the evening of November 4th, the LFF Trios Championship match. The champion, John Polverino, with the good, the bad, and the whiskey. His first challenger, the mad custodian representing the mission, playing as the low rollers. His second challenger, getting a rematch having been the previous champion before being defeated by John Polverino, Simple Chuck. Simple Chuck in this match, playing as the higher class. It is a triad trios match. This match ends up going to crowd meter three. At crowd meter three, the mad custodian, having just buried his hand to protect a player from being hit with a finish, top decks his finish submission, Plays it against Simple Chuck. Simple Chuck has no stops for it. It hits. He rolls greater than 30. So the only way Simple Chuck can break out is through a save roll from the current champion, John Polverino. John Polverino doing to Simple Chuck what Mysterious did to him in a Tornado Tag Team match long ago. Does not help Simple Chuck break out. And so the Mad Custodian becomes the new LFF Trios champion. Congratulations to the Mad Custodian for holding LFF gold. He's a favorite in any featured match. And I'm sure he'll put on great matches 
as the LFF Trios champion. The next challenger for the LFF Trios championship is James Booker. If James Booker defeats the Mad Custodian, his next challenger will be the Grump. If the Mad Custodian successfully retains, the Grump cannot get a shot at the Trios Championship unless he wins one through a tournament or some other means. Chris Pagillo, the general manager for the Trios division, will not give the Grump a shot straight up at the belt as long as he is GM. And that is it for the news out of the Level Up CAC. It looked like a good time. Hold the Line Harry, who ran the event, looked like he did a great job running it. I wish I could have been at that. It looks like it would have been a great time. Great to see a bunch of players I normally don't get to see. Unfortunately, just wasn't in the cards for me. Hopefully, I will see a bunch of you in about a month at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, December 1st through December 3rd. That is the next big in-person play event. One bit of news I will talk about from the Level Up CAC. There were three promo cards at the Level Up CAC for those who attended that had the Level Up Games logo on them. The Level Up Spear, Level Up Ankle Lock, and Level Up Apron Driver. Those were supposed to go on sale on Supershowthegame.com. I never saw them hit the website in the new item section. Now, I did do a search for them. They all currently say sold out. They also all say releasing November 4th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, I don't know if they just sold out really quickly or if no one ever moved them from sold out status to for sale status. If they all did sell out, they sold out quickly. If they were never made available for sale on the website to begin with, hopefully that gets rectified sometime soon. Speaking of PAX Unplugged, badges still on sale for PAX Unplugged. $85 for all three days, $40 for each day if you just want to go one day. Single day badges, $40 each. The event schedule has not changed since I last looked at it. So no news about the Play Pure tournament. Everything else remains the same. Check that out on the PAX Unplugged website. Look at the schedule section. Search SRG. Kickstarter update. The final Kickstarter total for the six issues of Super Show the Comic Kickstarter is $16,362 pledged from 177 backers. So no updates to any of the goals. All the goals I talked about unlocking last week's episode. Nothing new was unlocked. That's how it ended up. And we will see items start coming out at some point. The estimated delivery date for the Kickstarter campaign is March of 2024. So about five months from now. That's when these things should start being mailed out. Maybe it'll be a little earlier. Maybe a little later. We'll know as we get closer to the date. I have no Faction Wars news. We're still waiting on the planned matches to happen. CCC News. The two finalists in the 2023 Creative Competitor Competition are JAC and Captain Kiddo. 
both contestants, both finalists have until November 8th to submit any of the video they want to be used for the final video that'll be shown to the panel of judges. JAC has put out a couple of videos. I haven't seen anything yet from Captain Kiddo. I expect if we see anything from Captain Kiddo, it'll be very close to the deadline. JAC, I know, will be putting out a few more things between now and the deadline. So watch for that. And then we'll just have to see what happens later this month on Talk of the Universe. Probably the Talk of the Universe either before or after Thanksgiving, but no official date yet for the finals. That's pretty much it for the news for this week for Super Show the Game. Let's talk about online tournaments and featured matches from this past week. I'll start Monday. We had a tournament and we had a featured match Monday. The featured match was for the Deep Six Championship. The challenger, Chris Pate, playing as Theo the Greek Neo. The champion, the Mucha Maniacal Uberstar, playing as himself. This match ends up going to Crowd Meter 2, but the story is Chris Pate dominating the turn rules. Uberstar able to valiantly fight, kick out of finishes, but at Crowd Meter 2, Chris Pate hits the finish. The Lucha Monaco Uberstar cannot kick out, and so Chris Pate is the new Deep Six champion. Congratulations to him. Now, there is a bit of a kerfuffle, maybe? with the Deep Six Championship belt, because Jeremy Steigerwald, the roommate of Lucha Monaco Uberstar, wants to essentially use the belt to somehow get the back rent Uberstar owes him. He's working out some sort of scheme with Lauren Santiago. I don't know what that's going to be, but watch for that. Either way, it may be a long time before Chris Pate sees his championship belt. That was the featured match. The tournament on Monday Night Fights was a trios tournament. Six-player round-robin format. After each player plays the other five, we have, in third place, the prize fighter Simon Dabner. In second place, Brother Dan of the Mission, both playing as Team Valiant, the collector edition variant of Team Valiant. The winner of the Monday Night Fight trio event Bob Dunn with his own creation, the Think Tank. Congratulations to Bob Dunn for that win. Wednesday, after Talk of the Universe, the Intergalactic Championship is on the line. The challenger playing as Black Scorpion X, Math Guy. The champion playing as EDM, Jared Bridge. Because Jared Bridge was the hero of the Intergalactic Championship, EDM's soul did not get absorbed, and so he can continue to use EDM. The story of this match was technical difficulties. They had a hard time getting the champion to connect into the match. The champion disconnected throughout the match at various points. But in the end, they do get the match played. It doesn't go past crowd meter zero. The winner, still champion, Jared Bridge. Congratulations to Jared Bridge for a successful defense. Thursday, we have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Twelve players in the tournament, two groups, 
Six players per group. Each player plays the other five in the group. Top two records per group advance to the top cut. In the semifinal round, the stipulation is Gia de los Muertos is the special guest referee. In the finals, the stipulation is a Raven's Blood Cemetery match. This was a Day of the Dead themed tournament. The semifinalists were Ricky Riot as Sammy the Draw Callahan and HR of the Unionverse as Hallow King. Your finalists were Candyman Dan as El Pollo and Mascarda and Alec Ventresca as Will Ospreay. The winner of the Dia de los Muertos themed event, Candyman Dan. Congratulations to Candyman Dan for the victory Thursday night. This brings us to Sunday Night Fights. But before I get to Sunday Night Fights, one bit of news broke. We have the final contender for the next Triad Championship match. The first contender, Carlos Lumbre, had been named. The second contender is going to be Brimelight from the Mission. Those two men will face Piglet for the Triad Championship. He is the current champion. Date and time to be named later. There was only one match on the card for Sunday Night Fights. This was a grand battle match using the brand new bump-in rules to see if the bump-in rule will be faster than the bump-out rule. They had 12 players in the match. The crowd meter went up with each entrant, I think up to crowd meter 4. And then they actually pushed the crowd meter beyond five to get extra bonuses to finish rolls. It ended up, I believe, around crowd meter eight. They did not do a great job of tracking crowd meter. Let me give you the players in order of entry and then the eliminations. We started off with the foreman and Thebes as the first two men in the match. Foreman was playing as Pat the Thinker. Thebes was playing as the new version of X-Royce. Because they were the first two players in the match, they could use entrance cards. No one else could. Foreman was using the Unionverse entrance card. Thebes was using Champion of Kickstarter. The next man in was Cheetah playing as Blackstar, and I believe they were having them enter every three minutes. It wasn't turn rolls, it was actual time. The fourth man in was the Italian Bombata, playing as Mighty Marcel. We then have our first elimination. Thebes is eliminated by the foreman. Fifth man in the match, Mondane as Stung. The sixth man, the Meeple, as Commissioner Drew Madsen. The seventh man in, the Larper, as Numero Uno. The eighth man in, Jared Bridge, as EDM. The ninth man in, Practicite, I believe, as the newest version of the SRG BOSS. I believe it was the foil version of the boss, which is the newest version of the boss. The tenth player in, Chris Pate, playing as Candyman. We then have our next elimination. The LARPer is eliminated by the Italian Bombata. Following that, HR enters the match as Mr. Poppentwist. And then the final person in, Joe Gilchrist, as the great Oniman. From there, Mondane is eliminated by Joe Gilchrist. 
The Italian Bombata is eliminated by HR. The Cheetah is eliminated by Jared Bridge. Joe Gilchrist is eliminated by Jared Bridge, giving him the most eliminations at that point. Then Jared Bridge is eliminated by Chris Pate. We then have the next three eliminations by HR. Practicite, the Meeple, and the Foreman. This was kind of crazy because the last four people in the match were Chris Pate and three members of the Unionverse. But HR chooses to eliminate her fellow Unionverse members first rather than targeting Chris Pate. And so it's Chris Pate and HR as the final two. And Chris Pate gets the last elimination. Chris Pate wins the bump-in grand battle match. HR does score the most eliminations in the match, and the foreman was in the match the longest. Now, what do I think about this match and the bump-in rule? The bump-in rule was supposed to make grand battle matches like this shorter. Did it? In my opinion, no. Here is how I judged it. The original match had 20 players, took about 4 hours and 20 minutes. This match had 12 players. That's 60% of the players that the original 20-man Battle Royal had. So, in my opinion, if the match took less than 60% of the time of the 20-player, it would be faster. If it took more, it wasn't. 60% of 4 hours and 20 minutes is just over 2.5 hours. Did this match complete in 2.5 hours? No. Did it complete less than that? No. It was over 3 hours long. So, judging by that metric, the bumping rule does not make grand battle matches go faster. So, it is not solving the problem that... The bump and rule was created to solve. Players also did not tech for this like they teched for the original grand battle match with 20 players that was used to determine the United States Championship number one contender. Maybe it would be faster if players teched for it. We would have to see. But right now, just based on this one experiment, it does not look good for the bump and rule. I would want to see more matches though, to be sure. Right now, though, the bump and rule did not have a good first showing. And that was it for Sunday Night Fights. That was the only match on the card. There will be prizing for the people involved. We'll see what prizing that is. They did say a Master of Ceremonies card, so we may see Chris Pate get a shot at a championship at some point in the future. We just don't know. As far as upcoming tournaments for this next week, as of right now, there's nothing currently listed on SuperShowTheGame.com, but look for something Monday night, look for something Thursday night, there will be JoJo Tuesday night. Also, I did not mention this earlier, but if you're interested in getting some Halloween Altart cards, they're currently selling on SuperShowTheGame.com Altart cards. There was a competitor set that's already sold. But Halloween-themed Altart cards, I don't know how much longer they'll be selling that. But that's going to be around. You can get art commissioned for that if you'd like, if you're interested in that sort of thing. And then the deck should deliver, I think, 
first quarter next year is what they're looking at. Otherwise, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Beyond My Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.